What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode three of what the Intern that? Office. As always, I'm Carson. I'm here with Corey and Seth. <laughs> Corey's tired today, I guess. I am a tired but boy. But what y'all been up to? How's life? What have y'all been doing? Crazy. Mm. Expand. Tell us how crazy. Um, busy. Work is busy. School is getting busier. My projects are like actually starting to like happen so i can't just like procrastinate and tell myself i'm gonna like lock in the semester and grind it all out i have to actually do it and so it's like it's uh it's a wake-up call i need to i need to lock in and get these assignments turned in and do all this stuff is it all for that cinema class well it's cinema class capstone class internship class and that's it but it's a lot in those three classes. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. but There you go. Oh, I, I just feel like I have like a thousand like tabs in my mind web browser open, you know? Mm-hmm. Real. That analogy is thrown around a lot, but I I've feel that it. way. So, But otherwise, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy with where everything's at and just... Cruising right along. Cool. So, yeah, buddy. Coley. Coley. Um, <laughs> for me, I would say just been a busy week as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, just a lot of little things going on. Lots of staying up late multiple nights in a row. And so, oh, gosh, it's all, it's starting to catch up to me. Me too. Really bad today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really tired. And, um, not much I can really do about it, but I don't have work tomorrow because I asked off, so I'm going to sleep in. It's guys' night tomorrow night. Uh, what? Guys' night. Yeah, except I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold up. What? No, I'm You're just You're not kidding. invited, Carson. Yeah. Guys only. Oh, man. He's a guy. I think. I mean, he's, Anyways, a, he's a biological um, male, but I would consider him more of the boy category. Um, no, nah, it's just plain <laughs> Come disrespectful. Come on, man. <laughs> that ain't cool, man. Yeah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But, yeah, that's all I've got going on. It's just busy, and I guess I didn't say what I was busy with, but just a lot of r- random things. Playing in alumni band, which I think we mentioned last episode. Late night rehearsals. Late night. GSM rehearsal and service, and just all the things. Yeah, it's never been a wild week. This week as discipleship days at the academy, like we mentioned, I've been playing in. I've played in, uh, I think six services now. I've tell them maybe maybe not six. I think it's six or seven in total. So it's been a lot of playing, a lot of practicing, a lot of that stuff. Um. But today, during one of the services, this was a story I told y'all I had, Landon's guitar battery died, and he was the only acoustic player for the and for high school? A- invitation song. And then it was really? only it was that releva- revelation song mel- melody. Yes. Oh, Wait, did it die at the beginning? It died I wasn't during there. it died at the end of okay. the first of the set. That's not bad because the invitation. So yeah. I, here I am during during the message, running everywhere. Oh, I'm in the no. sanctuary. I'm going. Our campus is kind of big, and so I'm running everywhere trying to find stuff. 
finally we found one in Landon's guitar case. Oh. And so that was just a, a wild story. But, yeah, it's been super cool. Uh, school's starting to get hard with theory. Um, what, Corey? What, Corey? Do you have something to say? I just, you know I like to make fun of you. Yeah. I'm going to hold it back. Yeah, music theory is just, just <laughs> making me sad right now. But And then I'm getting placed to be with a guitar teacher over the summer through Liberty. It'll be online, which I think will be interesting, having a teacher online. But, hmm. yeah. All right, guys. There's a question I've been wanting to know all week. Mm-hmm. Fire away. What unimportant opinion do you hold that you are very passionate about? Unimportant? Yes. Like, okay. like it's not like a life or death. Oh, it's just, okay. Like a menial opinion. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't really like matter. It change much. Yeah, yeah, It doesn't yeah, matter, yeah, yeah. but you care a lot. Yeah. <coughs> All right, well, I guess as is tradition, I go first. Yeah. Why not? Okay. I'm just looking right at you, so, like, I'm when am I not? No problem. I'm just saying. You know? All right, here's my here's my opinion. Um, and I'll... I'll say it, and then like you, 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 you guys try and play devil's advocate, and like ask. Devil like, don't need no like, advocate, Seth. Well, right, but <laughs> just like try and argue against it, and I'll try and defend it. I love arguing. Summer is the we best know. season. Wrong. What if I? Sorry, I don't hold that opinion. What about fall? Fall is a close second. No, but like fall's beautiful. Fall is beautiful. So is summer. But in fall, guess what? You can wear whatever you want. Long sleeve, you can wear it. Short sleeve, you can wear it. Pants, you can wear them. Shorts, you can wear them. Outside, fall. Orange, yellow, red, beautiful. It is very beautiful, and that's a very special part about fall. But here's the thing about fall is it has the great parts, some of the great parts about summer, like a little bit warmer weather, but it gets into the cooler weather, like you said. Like you can wear a little bit of hoodies and and pants. You can start dripping out. Yeah, yeah. You can get those winter fits out a little bit. But it starts bringing in... The worst parts about winter, daylight savings is awful. And then later parts of they fall, it starts to get anyway. really cold. And then it's like, hey, you want to go outside and do something? Oh, it's too cold and it's raining. About winter. It's no, 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 no. We're not talking it's about still winter. Fall. That still happens in fall. No. 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 Okay. Summer, Sorry. I just don't like sweating and being hot. See, I would be rather I would rather be sweating hot than like freezing cold. I enjoy yeah, like Yeah, but like what if it was like you could be sweating hot, freezing cold, or just moderate. Fall. You can do that yeah, in well the summer, in the evenings, and the mornings, dude. Okay. Evenings and mornings? Yeah, you can get up in the morning at 3 a.m. when the sun rises and sets at the same time. Uh, when the sun rises. That's just not true, dude. So That's the joke, a lie. So the joke is that... The days are longer, days and it's longer. better, yeah, and it's so much better because... Guess what? I don't feel depressed when it's 5 p.m. and it's night, and I'm like, well, day's over. That's winter, bro. That's not fall. It starts in fall, though, doesn't it? Fall's November-ish. a transitionary point, bro. Fall's November? Right. What, comes, what comes after November? December. Winter. Which is winter. Right. <laughs> no, I'm saying the okay. daylight savings, doesn't it start in, like, November? But if it starts in November, that's the that's end fall. of fall. It's still fall. But it's the end. Okay. Okay, so then September I'm when it's saying, 95 dude, degrees from outside. To s- from beginning to end, summer is the best thing ever. Here we go. You got this is a this is a small thing, but I think a thing that I appreciate so much. Like the trees having like full leaves is so beautiful. The wind comes in and they rustle and 
you go you go outside and it's nighttime and the the birds are going crazy and the bugs are going crazy and it's that summer ambience at night and it's all warm that's awesome summer bass fishing is spring bass fishing is better okay that's false yeah. no it's not okay Let's summer see. bass fishing is the best thing ever created no i'm tired of playing advocate i'm a big summer guy i'm not i'm a fall guy t- through and through fall guy fall fall guy, fall guy. The popular game yes no but dude it's it's so close second because i love fall too because it just like it is such a vibe, and it hits so hard. It's probably the cringiest thing I've ever said. But I like, just, I don't know. I'm the energy, energy, guy. The energy, energy? is no. immaculate. But oh, like, no. But in the, the, those rainy days in fall, and you're all cozied up, and I get it. But it gets old so fast. Like, no. like the first, like the first couple <laughs> nah. days of being cold. It's like, man, it's all chilly, and it's it's nice, dude. I just no. It's I hate winter so much. All right, much. let's just and remember that these are unimportant opinions. Okay. Well, they are. Well, you're wrong. I'll quit yapping. Go ahead. Mine. I don't want to draw out too long. I, I don't even know if this counts. I'm just like, I think jeans are better than sweatpants. What the? Because. More comfy? Because jeans can be used in every situation. I mean, sure. I agree with that. Yeah, okay, but like that's like a, like, are you saying all-encompassing just every aspect of yes. jeans are better? Yeah, because some people just don't wear jeans. Do you work out in all. jeans? No, I work out in shorts. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, but, well, I mean, I think that's just uh, odd. I don't know. I uh. can't think of anything. Well, being well just, like, just like, how do you argue that? Like, no, sweatpants are better because... Because some people just wear sweatpants all the time. and like. Well, yeah, and usually they wear pajamas all the time. I'm just like, because jeans are this superior pant. Because they can be worn... In any context, I mean that's true. I agree. Based you, take, honestly, you can I dress love up jeans. jeans. You can dress down jeans. I don't know. Yeah, kind of a lame opinion, but Seth was kind of heat, so I figured I'd kind of tame us down. Literally heat. Yeah. Yeah, even though it's a terrible take, but all right, Corey. So here's my problem with this question: is I would argue like that the grass is blue because I love to just argue anything. Like like you this like this question yeah here. this question is like if you rephrased it what unimportant opinion are you not overly passionate about it would be none of them <laughs> mm. but I guess I mean like what's an unpopular opinion that you have like like something that you th- like will defend your grave but like it's not like like no one else really is on your side i don't know i don't think i don't think water's wet that's another like classic one that you that question is just dumb that's just a dumb question because or a straw has one big how do you hole. define wet so that's your definition and that pop tarts or ravioli that's another opinion that's that a hold. crazy take and that yeah cereal soup another hot take that i have yeah let me hit you with this one me and a buddy of mine had an argument about this for months, like actual months of time. Um, a car can use so so you know cars that have like suspensions that can go up and down, like they can like lift themselves up, like the yes. Breaking Bad, they got like hydraulics. Yeah, yeah, hydraulics. That's what I was looking for. We argued for months, like could a car jump with its hydraulics? So could it? <laughs> yes. Could it launch the hydraulics fast enough to get off the ground? Yeah. 
To which I said, Probably. obviously. Not completely. You can jump the front up and the back up, but nope. not at the same time. Nope. I literally showed him a video online of That's a car doing wild. it, and he looked at me and said, you're lying. <laughs> because we're two showed, of the most, two the of the most boneheaded people <laughs> who just That's cannot wild. be wrong. I've gotten better about being able to be wrong, but at that time, I mean, I if I was arguing a point and I figured out I was wrong, I would turn around, switch sides, and then just start arguing still somehow. <laughs> so you know the Enneagram stuff, right? So there's like the one that's a challenger. Bro, I have, sure. I saw two people, y'all know both who they are, but they were arguing which one of them is more of a challenger. The me. Enneagram me. is dumb. They argued back and forth. Like, with, I think the Enneagram is, is cool. Eight? Is that You think eight? the Enneagram's cool? Kinda. Whoa. I mean, here's the thing. The Enneagrams are just like... Almost validation. It's it's. I'm gonna get on here and see what what category do I fit into? Who can I associate with? I don't know. I it's think it's just like, like a. It's I want to like belong. If you really something. think about it, know. it's kind of the same thing as racism. What? What? Okay, you're a pre. You're you're a you're a one wing nine or whatever. So I presume things about you. Oh, that, and I don't even that's know. That's not you. racism. No, I also just don't. That's, that's just presumption. Live by the enneagram. I think it's cool. Well, I'm not saying because you do, but there's, there's I just think that that's are the premise. Accurate. And they're like, "Oh, I can't be with you because you're a this whatever," and yeah, you know, yeah, kind of thing. like I'm a yeah. seven, which is the enthusiast. What is eight? Is eight the challenger? And so, like, okay. when like I when I find something, I really care about it, and like I dedicate a lot of time to it, like this podcast. So y'all should listen and follow the IG. Wow. But um, that was and then, shameless. Sorry, that was really bad. And it's then okay. another like attribute is like you always look towards the future, and it's hard to sit in the present. And so also this ties in. There's enneagram songs for each enneagram. What? Right. <laughs> and I didn't care about them until I heard the enneagram seven song, and I was like, holy, Dude, this is literally me. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, I thought it was cool. It's interesting. I don't like live by it and say, oh, it's um, Enneagram.com. I, well, says okay, that I yeah. cannot date an Enneagram 2 or it would never work. I don't right. care about that. I That's just, a good day to I think a lot of, uh, My problem right. is I think a lot of people do that, and that's what my issue that's is. That's the issue. It's like Zodiac signs. Zodiac exact signs same awesome thing with Zodiac dumb. signs. Exact same thing. Like I saw this one video. This dude was like, told his race. The girl's like, yeah, I'm a Gemini. It was really funny. Yeah. It's, now it's that's a just cringe. funny. Corey, <laughs> I don't care where you're from. No, oh, you know what? A knee you know, I'm done with this. Let's no, talk about. Let's talk okay. about music. I'm done with this. Let's talk about music. You just gotta give context to your jokes, bro. Let's talk about music. Okay. What have y'all been listening to? Go, Corey. Go, I'm Corey. Well, busy. a lot. Um, Michael Jackson. A lot of Michael Jackson. Nice. Um. <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah. Uh, Robert showed me this like uh like. It's five people that sing, but it's they have tracks too, so it's not like sure super good. And they did a Michael Jackson song. I think you would love the band. They're all from Mobile. It's like not a Mobile band, but they all graduated but they're from, from Mobile. Mobile. Yeah, I need to show you them. It's okay. got like Veritas or something. Super cool. Yeah, Michael Sorry. Jackson, and also I've been listening to funk covers of popular songs, like Scary Pockets. Yes, a lot of their stuff. And other people, but their yeah. cover of Deja Vu with Lawrence is incredible. I listened to it Dude. today for the first time. No, okay, you showed it to like me forever ago, but I listened to it today. Yeah, they also Theo Katzman, who's with um, Theo the lead Katzman. Yeah, the lead singer for Volpec. He Volpec's did. Good. Um, I like I like Volpec. It's him cool. and Scary Pocket did just the way you are. Um, just the way 
No, 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 not Bruno Mars. Billy Joel. Oh, oh just the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, 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 words, same title, same, but notes. it's so good. Anyway, yeah, I mean that's that's what I've been listening to. Cool. I have once again been jamming out to Working Hour a lot this week, but also I listened to a lot of this band called String and Heart. Mm. They're like a alternate Christian band. Oh, I think it's quirky. super. <laughs> Super interesting because the album that I've been listening to like starts out with a slow song and then it's like the rest of the songs are pretty much upbeat. Hmm. Super cool, a lot of cool guitar stuff, experimental sound, especially with like the Christian music genre. It's pretty much all almost exactly the same. And then you have like your cool bands like Gable Price and Kings K. Cool bands, hip and cool. Not that, not that they're not cool. The no, cool I just kids. love that you're like. You've got these like outcasts, and then you've got the mainstream cool guys. Really? I mean, cool do you ever hear like Kings K and no, Gable well, Price agree, on the I radio? Agree, I agree. I agree. I I'm also not a radio guy. Yeah, I don't know the last time I listened to radio. Me neither. Sirius XM, I used to listen to. Dude, my my got parents, a free year. like their method of listening to music is like they turn on the radio in the car and they turn it to like like so little to where it's just like background noise, and that's all they listen to. I'm like, how like I would. I could not drive That's if crazy. that was my method of listening to music. I would be able. I I couldn't. I could not do that. That's crazy. I just I like to jam out to my. Also, I like. Remembered, I'm a Jonas Brothers fan, and halfway through the week, you're listening to Jonas Brothers. Let's go. That's crazy. I know, I That's listen, awesome. I don't know. I like Jonas Brothers. It reminds me when I was a kid. Yeah. I used to love funny Carson story time. So I, this is preschool, right? Started Whoa. day one. You know, just. I was just a ladies' man, so Whoa. in preschool, like three, four years old, Dang. walk in vividly. My mom remembers telling me that she tells me the story all the time. I walk in with a, I have a turtle backpack on, right? Yes. And this girl starts singing the Burning Love Jonas Brothers song to me as I'm walking in the preschool. How's that one go? I'm hot, yo cold. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that, that one. That song. Don't. That just <laughs> you that know just sent you me flashbacks. So I can't good. Lie. Yeah. That's a pretty funny story about the Jones Brothers. Wait, wait, wait. How does it end? <laughs> I'm burning up, no, burning no, no, up not the for song. you, baby. <laughs> you sing said it. you walked in with sing Turtle it. Backpack. She oh, was she singing. She started singing the song just because I'm, I'm just him. I was oh, him just because you're hot. She wants you. Yes. Oh. She was in love with me as a three-year-old. Um, yeah, so are you. <laughs> Hi, Corey. What have you been like? Oh, dude, I already wins. Wait, it's Seth hasn't gone yet. Bro. We went out of order. We went out of order. Yeah. Okay. Well, well can't order. keep up with three people. I uh, well, since Owl last City. week, I have not uh, changed. Yeah, Al City. And uh, I've still been listening to Al City. Twenty One Pilots. And it's very. That's probably it. It's my guilty pleasure, and I know it, not everyone likes it, but hey, it's just my thing. Far Caspian, a band that I really like, today came out with a. Uh, live EP mm. and they played five songs live and uh, Let's go. I listened to it and it's I it's it's I it's I they did they did this like thing with their newer albums where they went super like stoner indie rock kind of yeah. thing but um I will say this to all my fellow uh click members out there what is that dude Twenty one pilots. They just they they started. The countdown has begun, and uh, the next album is coming soon. Nice. And I am 
and it, it all happened today and i'm i'm beyond excited dude they do these things like they don't just like hey our next album's coming out it's like they do all this like cryptic like storytelling like like online arg type stuff and it's it's so awesome to keep up with you know like the roblox concert yeah that was like probably my favorite part of being a 21 pilots fan was attending the 21 pilots roblox experience <laughs> i was there with you carson was that was a core memory dude <laughs> that's insane yeah because um, i like the one song like all my friends are here. all right you're gonna make me blush you're gonna make me start cringing <laughs> stop that Take or, my time all right guys ride. all right i'm good we stopped singing well yeah this is a podcast not a album but on ching why not Intern Office album coming soon? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's got mark? a couple question marks after it. Hey, we're all musicians here. We are. We, we got, we got the John Mayer trio right here. Okay, John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like we got <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying we got guitar, bass, and drums. I'm not yeah. Pino. He's probably Steve, and you're not John Mayer. So, no, I'm just saying we have the. You know what? Next segment. All right. Tell them, Carson. What is y'all's favorite worship collective slash artist? Can I can I get some clarity on this? Like, worship collective, what do you mean? No, episode one, what is worship, Carson? Oh, no. Favorite Christian music artist okay, slash okay. Because It is under the label. It is under the, the, the Spotify label of worship music. So, but, okay, for instance, this is just a song I was jamming to on the way here. The song I can only imagine. We ain't gonna sing that on a Sunday. No, that's contemporary Christian. I've heard it sing right? on a Sunday. CCM, I feel like somewhere. That's not CCM. CCM is like Hillsong, Elevation, oh, Hillsong, Maverick. Really? really? I've always that's thought like of the more CCM. like K Love, like radio. Yeah, like that's songs. like Elevation falls under contemporary worship. It's Man, so. What's odd. the difference between all these I don't things? Know. Okay, whatever. It's, it's almost like it's confusing. Genres or are dumb. <laughs> almost like we talked about that. Anyway, fine. You guys go first, because I was debating between a couple. Okay. I, I thought this was favorite album, So person. <sighs> Silly goose. I Sorry. have been quoted as saying this worship collective is the default skin of worship collectives. But I'm going with Elevation because they're Dude, almost a cheat code. Say it. Because they do songs with everybody. Dude, Carson. yes. Every collective. They have a song with Red Rocks, which is some of my favorite songs. You're cheating. They have no, one with Brandon not. Lake. They have them with Maverick. The Maverick City album is incredible. Oh, dude. That, uh, Old the, Church uh, Basement. Oh, Their yeah, newest is album, album is also incredible. Lion is incredible. They have banger after banger after banger. Their old <laughs> albums are also incredible. <laughs> Every album is so good. Tell them. And okay, so I know okay. they're basic, but they're the best. They're basically the best. Listen, I really, 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 really... Well, okay, no. I'll say this. I'm looking at my playlist right now, and I just sorted by artist, mm -hmm. and this is just an objective, like, I guess this would be my favorite one. And I think it is, looking at this list. I think it is. Uh, the most songs I have on this playlist are by Hillsong. Whether that be Hillsong Worship, Hillsong Young and Free, Hillsong United, all the whatevers. I also forgot Elevation Rhythm. Holy, that falls under the category. Yeah. Close second is Elevation, too. But I don't want to copy you, so. 
Um, me. It's okay. We got So Will I. Ooh. Oh, man. That's a great we song. Got, I don't know if you guys know this one, but uh, they have a song called One Thing, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, Sinking Deep. Sinking Deep is that incredible. Song. That's a great song. Uh, they also have an underrated, like, this is this is like a middle school camp, like, kind of hype song type thing for me, but it's called Only Wanna Sing. I only wanna sing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it goes? That's how it goes. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I was okay. just making it up. I think, we sh- I think that's how it should go, though. You should pitch that we'll to We'll put that on the intern office album. Yes. Yay. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yay. That's that's me. I like kill song. I know I'm a default title of the episode. So we making an album. <sighs> so, uh, um, so uh, we making an album or something like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my favorite uh, my favorite band. Call me quirky. Call me what you will. Listen, I know you they say Creed. I'm gonna leave. No, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> although, I'm out. although I want to say Creed, I'm fighting it. No, um, I was looking through my playlist as well when we were sitting here. It's Listen, be like David Phelps. No, no, no. Let him cook. Let him cook. Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead, Carson. What is it? It's gonna be like David Phelps or Gaither vocal band. Nope. Okay, go. Uh, so this is kind of the quirky answer, but whenever Passion covers a song, they just do it better. Okay, Passion's not quirky. Passion is a solid option. Well, yeah, but like. Do they even write their own music? They do write some, yes. don't they? Yeah, they write. Well, they a do. Lot a, too. They do a lot of covers, though. Like, and most of their covers are usually the ones I like. Like the most popular version of "In Christ Alone" nowadays is the Stanfield. Yeah, exactly. Christ. It's the Stanfield. Pa- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Glorious so. Day. Glorious Day. Yeah. That's an original, isn't it? I have no idea. I think so. But yeah, I like their stuff. Yeah, they're very. I haven't good. listened to a lot other than those two songs. And it, like their church Honestly. is wild. But I like them. It's so. I cool. don't know anything about their, their auditorium church. is smaller than here. Really? Yeah, because we awesome. toured it with choir tour last year. Oh no way! It's kind of interesting. What like, are they out based out of Atlanta? Oh. So like this church, as far as square footage, is probably bigger. But you walk in this. This, sh- this? Yes. ours. You walk in Passion. It's just one like big kind of thing, and like they have a big auditorium, and not big auditorium, like big like. Outside lobby area, which is super cool, and they have this big "Jesus is Life" sign. I, it's literally been the wallpaper That's and stuff. Awesome. It's super cool. I so like I, I like Passion, and we'll mention Passion a little bit more on for our deep dive. But um, whoa, yeah, Passion is super cool. I think I like how they do church, and I like how they really pour into the Atlanta community. So that is a solid answer. Yeah. So I hinted at it. Deep dive. Yeah, buddy. Sick transition. Coming from us that are in a mega church. What? Like, let's let's debate it out. Mega church versus small church. Which is better? Is there a better option? Which is better? Does it depend on the person? Which is better? Okay. Is that the question? Small church is better? No. Just, episode. D- just mega church versus okay. small church. Okay. You know, like, let's talk about it. Not to say answers. Let's just talk, talk about, about that. Let's talk about I've that. Why, why do we always think, make that joke? Well, because everyone likes Good Mythical Morning. So, like, we, we all go to one of the biggest churches in East Tennessee. I think Tennessee is a whole, right? East Tennessee. One of the biggest. I didn't say the really? biggest. I said one of. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean there's one of is relative. If we're top 100, we're one of them. Sorry. Well, we have I, a I, large. Know. We do. We have I'm a large saying, church. Yeah. We have, in terms of 
members. 2,000 on a Sunday active. We run 2,800 on a Sunday. In terms of total members who will be in and out within a month, I think is more around 4,000. Yeah. So we have a fairly large. It's big. Church. Yeah, yeah, big yeah church. very big. Two but services. Obviously, this, this question, uh, there's no answer of which one is better because each way can be done good and each way can be done wrong. Yeah. And I don't know, to kind of like start the conversation, you know, like what, let's kind of break it down. So like what is needed to make a big church go well? Like what do you, what would you all say is needed to make like a big church run well? Oh, I think if you took out the word big, yeah. the same things would still apply. Same thing for any church, I think. I don't know, because my thing is like when you like when versus you have a, a small church? When you have a, yes, because when you have a big congregation, I feel like a lot of churches discipleship is completely forgotten. Oh, yeah. And so like when you're in a huge con- congregation, sometimes you don't even know your pastor, you know. And so I think that's where like things like deacons and small groups and discipleship comes into play. Obviously, go meet your pastor. Yeah. But... I don't know, I feel like that comes into play of, like, you need to have discipleship to kind of strengthen that bond because the church isn't just for lost people. It's also for equipping the saints and sending them out. And so I feel like discipleship is a super important, almost lost art nowadays. Building off of that, I think it's really easy for people to, in a big church, go and just be invisible. Yeah, not be seen. And completely just, like, disappear kind of thing. Uh it's really hard to do that in like a really small church because yeah, like you know church. everyone pretty much, and you know they see your face. And but you know in a big church you can go in the back and just listen to the service and literally just leave and not talk to anyone. I've seen I've seen. Yeah, that, I mean people so do it every week here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like there's people here that I swear I see new people every Sunday that might have gone here like just as long as I have. You know. Yeah. Like which is wild. Yeah. Well, and I kind of wanted to. Talk about, I know we, like you said, for this kind of topic of like, what does a big church need to do different? But I kind of want to start with like, what does a church do? What's the purpose of the church? You know what I mean? I think, I think you got to build your foundation before you put a house on it. Yeah. Here's an argument like that I've heard that I'm curious what y'all think. So like, I have heard that the church exists to equip the saints to send them out, and the church necessarily isn't to save the lost. I agree. Like, it, the the church, like, not, obviously not the people, but, like, you coming to a Sunday service is to equip the saints to go out yes. and share the gospel, and it's not necessarily to have fill your room with lost people. Obviously, it's a good thing if somebody gets saved on Sunday. Yeah. But the main goal of a church should be to send out disciples. This sounds like uh, Elephant Room, which we talked about last yeah, episode. But session, session, uh, session one. Episode. Yeah, Furtick versus Chandler. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a reformed viewpoint versus, I don't even know what the opposite of reformed is, apart from, like, progressive, progressive. or, or liberal. Left and right wing. Well, yeah, left it's and right. It's not political. It's just like But it's, it's just, like, liberal versus, liberal being, like, more illicit for change. Like that's kind of how Lee was. Lee's a more liberal theologically exactly, school, yeah. but not Li- liberal, politically. Yeah, liberal isn't like a in this aspect isn't a political term. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think the more quote conservative or quote right side ideology is um, the church is to equip the saints so that the saints can do the ministry, i.e., evangelism, things like that. So, like your main form of evangelism 
is we're going to build up our members so that they can evangelize. And so the, the, uh, model is multiplicative, you know? So if if I'm equipped, I can evangelize. Then after I evangelize to somebody, if they accept Christ, they can become equipped and evangelize. Now we're both evangelizing and it's, you multiply, right? Yeah. Where, um, somebody like Furtick, I mean, he openly said it himself. He is like, if like my church, our goal is to seek the lost and, um, like we are making our sermons digestible. Our target audience is lost people. Like we, our mission is to get lost people in these doors. And then basically just, it's like the hero model of if I can just get this guy in the door, pastor will save him. Yeah, I've definitely heard that a lot and, like, been around that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. There was something, like, a church model, you know, so there's a church here uh, that they build up members, but then immediately once they build up, they plant a church somewhere else. And so, yeah, like, I think there's pluses and minuses to that, but, yeah. Like, that's, like, the thing I was thinking about is, like, is, like, I think people are afraid to get big. It's not even that. It's like their heart behind it is really good, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like let's build up saints and then send them out in communities that need it, which I think is super good. But yeah. I think it's awesome. my question is why do you need to necessarily split up to like share out? Because like I feel like one like, thing that's super cool here is they hired that community outreach because he's like just for Knox County in East Tennessee, yeah, right? Yeah. Just super cool in my opinion just to like see how like they're going to uh, do that and – kind of like share the gospel with the community because like they already did the feeding the 5,000 event here. Right. And so I don't know. I feel like like big, like more bigger churches like have more resources almost too, which is super oh, cool. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. This is such a difficult question. Like one thing I'm going to ask is there was a church I went to in Cleveland. They split their services up. Like so they had four services, right? First service was just orchestra and hymns. Second was a kind of a mix, kind of like what we do uh, here on Sunday. Oh. No. Fourth was contemporary. They're pushing 100 decibels. It is loud. I don't like that. You know, and so I feel like, I don't know, there's ways that big church can be done wrong when it becomes a pick and choose type thing. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what's cool about a small church. For a long time, I was on the small church, like, I'm going to do a house church, you know, because, like, you know everybody. It's super intentional. Mm -hmm. But also there's definitely benefits to, like, a bigger church. Yeah. Well, and to that point of... Um, kind of like catering to your, you know, we're gonna do a hymnal service, we're gonna do a mixed service, we're worship gonna do preferences. A, yeah, worship preferences or even preaching style preferences. Yeah, I think about um, it, it just like love, you know, like love. Whenever you love somebody, you don't love every single thing about them. There's gonna be something that you don't like. Yeah, and it's love when you choose to love them despite the things you don't like. And, um, like, I don't think Grace is a perfect church. There's yeah. things there's that I would change. A perfect church. Yeah. And if I was Wait, senior really? pastor, there's things I would do different. But at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, that was really funny, by the way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Seth's going to leave. He's taking it today. But so. anyway, at, at the end of the day, you know, Unless you go start your own church that you are the king model, which is just stupid. What's uh, the king model like? Like, like, 
no accountability. You, you're leading. Yes, Mark yes. Driscoll. You are the sole leader. Yeah. What okay. you says, what Marcel, you says, cool. what you say goes. Unless you go do that, you're not going to find a church that has every single exact preference you want. There's going to be something that you're like, mm. and it's not like if your church isn't living out the Bible, way different. But if it's like, man, that song we played this last Sunday, kind of, I don't know, don't really like it. Yeah. Now, if it's not biblical, if they're if you're like, yeah, saying heresy different yeah. but if it's like instrumentally mm, i didn't like that suck it up buttercup yeah get you, you a uh, love your people dude get you a bible believing church yeah get you a church that you feel like the pastor like represents you i think as a person or like like well like you like your pastor i don't know like yeah that sure. that's one thing and he's also leading you. yeah like, well, and he represents you. People right. the same way that you represent him. Like the role of a pastor nowadays. Like this was super common at Lee. Was there was a lot of gifted teachers, but teachers, but not a lot of gifted leaders. You know, like the goal of a pastor isn't just to speak on Sunday; it's to lead and shepherd the people of the church. You know, mm, and so word, if you can't, word. <laughs> if you can't trust your pastor to lead you well and to lead the church well, because one thing I think I mentioned this last week was that Pastor Bobby. Like, he's obviously the representative of our church at things like the SBC meetings and stuff. Yeah. Like, where he talked about if they switch this, we're leaving the SBC, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, like, knowing that I have a pastor that's going to, like, represent, like, what I believe well, yeah. you know, is he's super gonna, yeah, he's not gonna cave. important. You know, that kind of, like, talking about uh, what you were saying, it almost goes back to the verdict thing of I'm going to preach catering to these people. Why would you not just cater to Scripture? Yep. And I feel like that's like where the line is drawn almost with some big churches where they do that very wrong, where they cater towards modern, young stuff. Very numbers-based and yes. invitational-based. Yeah. And I know and there was another church that B. Tom was telling me about that they had like two separate buildings. Like they had a building that was a service that was a modern, big, loud, upbeat service, oh, and they yeah. had a hymn service. Yeah. You remember that? I think I know. Which, which is just wild to me. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna stop yapping. I feel like on one side, like uh, that could divide your congregation. I I guess. I feel like that's the biggest thing is a unified congregation. Yeah. Also, they. I think I've heard of churches like that, and like, I think sometimes they kind of mix it up and like do one service together, and maybe there's ways to mix it up to make it a little bit, I guess, more uh, unifying. But yeah, I see how. If left unchecked, I see how that could easily become just like <laughs> this church seniors and this church youth. Yeah, well, thing. you know, uh, this is a this is a Mama P. Mama P was our one of our teachers in high school. Also, somebody's stomach is. <laughs> what was that? It's okay. I don't even know. He's man. just a hungry guy. Okay, it's dinner time. It's like five thirty or something. It's Six twenty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. Mama P, who is uh, one of our former teachers in high school, she would always say, uh, if you don't like the songs, it's a good thing it ain't about you. And yeah. I think For the real. church body is unified in belief. And so if you can find a church whose beliefs line up with the Bible and you also believe the Bible, then – you know, at that point, then fine. If there's multiple churches that fit that, 
find preference or maybe find a community that you mesh yeah. with. You know, at that point, it's like, okay, we've got the necessities out of the way. But I don't know, man. People get caught up in this flavor of it's got to be how I want it. Yeah. And I'm just I'm like, I feel like you're an worship idiot. Worship music is like the first it's thing. the biggest thing people Yeah, are. for some reason. And it's like not like the entire point. Yeah, especially as musicians, it's hard. I don't know. I feel that like is true. That's yeah. a big thing that Grace as well also is like they have a ministry is targeted towards people, right? So I feel like that's where things like that come into play, you know, where you have your student ministry, your women's ministry, your men's ministry, your adult, like, and then your college ministry. seniors. Like you have all these things yeah. that are like not a Sunday morning where people that are your age, like-minded, um, in your stage of life come together. Then it's more catered towards you, you know? And so, like, yeah. you're still preaching the Bible, but it's through a college-age guy's lens, you know? Like, usually student pastors are younger, and so, like, like they're older, obviously, like, than the people in the ministry, sure. but they're similar in age. And so, I think that's just super cool. And so, like, you have your Sunday morning where, like, the whole congregation comes together and worships, then you also have your kind of more individualized ministries, which is cool. I think is also yeah. a plus of the larger church. I do want to push back a little bit, though, because... Um, I know multiple people, especially back in student ministry, that Grace Student Ministry was their church. Yeah. They didn't go to GBC. They went to GSM. I feel like that's definitely where the issue comes in. Well, and that's the thing with big churches is you've got the, – the emphasis has to be on unity as one church body, not you can go to Wednesday night programming and get your flavor, like we just talked about, yeah. get your flavor of preaching, your flavor of music, and then – you don't need to go on Sunday or whatever. Well, yeah, 100%. And I, I know Grace has never said. Agree. Oh, yeah. They've never said, like, don't go on Sunday, only go on Wednesday. They always emphasize Sunday. But at the end of the day, with these multiple services, that's kind of one of the drawbacks of being a big church is if you're going to be a big church, more than likely you're going to need a lot of programs. If you need a lot of programs, people have to spend more time. Yeah. Like, even just as a regular member – you, if you want to go to your Wednesday night programming and then maybe you want to meet with your small group, that's three days a week out of seven days that you're here. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, you said like kids going on Wednesday nights and not going to Sundays. What about like Sundays at other churches? But they go to, I think Wednesdays there's some. here? Yeah, yeah there's some kids that go That's a lot of things. Like there's a lot of people I think that come on a Wednesday don't go on Sundays. They go to yeah. different churches. Which I also... And I, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's wrong because I haven't given that much of a thought. But yeah. I just feel like go to your church, like yeah. be yeah, be known, true. be known. Dude. Isn't that where the like, like the you're like choosing your flavor comes in? Yeah. I don't like the student ministry here, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, there. yeah. I don't like I my like student ministry, so I'm gonna go to this I mean, place. They're they're students. Some of them can't drive themselves, and I feel like once you get into college, you have to make that decision more. Like, okay, you're more independent. You can drive and. You can. I mean, sophomore year of high school, sixteen, you can drive. Yeah, but I, me personally, at sixteen, I was like, worried about homework and not like. Theology. I don't know. I didn't really care that much, yeah. <laughs> honestly. I'm not saying you shouldn't at all. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, some people do. I hope. If no sixteen-year-old cares, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like student ministry, like changed me, and like that's like kind of my heart is now. Like, I would love to, like, be able to come back and work in GSM and start, like, a youth worship collective and, like, write music and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I s- I'm kind of just, like, really talking about all the pluses of big church. I promise I'll talk about pluses of small church later. What, what I was trying to say also, like, 
I mean, some kids like their parents just make them go to like whatever church their parents sure. go to too. Yeah. Sure. And like they might not like it, but like your their parents are just like, hey, you have to go here. Like, yeah. Cause but I also life. I also wonder because I was in this boat for a long time, and this is just personal experience. I went to a church for a long time that was Bible believing, but like was really really like not fundamental Baptist, but like hymnal choir robe. Old Southern Baptist, traditional like old missionary Baptist, I think is what it's called. Yeah, well, I don't know what that would you call that, but anyway, man, I was like, this isn't wrong, Sounds but bad. I was like twelve or thirteen and was like, I don't like singing. I don't like singing out of hymn books. Yeah, it almost and goes back to like Pentecostals, you know. Like, there's definitely Bible believing, Bible believing Pentecostal churches. Yeah, but it's like there's some things that you don't agree with that they may do, you know. Yeah, well, and what I was gonna say is just. I wonder if these kids possibly haven't expressed the fact that, hey, I might want to try going somewhere else. Because yeah. I know I was like, for a long time, like, eh, I don't really like this, but I'm not going to, like, say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you just, like, express your opinion, it can't be that big of a deal. You know what? I think know? that's just a life lesson, dude. Just sit down and talk with people. Quit quit making things so dramatic. Yeah. Amen. Like just sit down and just if you got a you know that, something you want to talk you know about, that just talk about it. If you have a problem with someone, that you can just talk to them about it, and it will probably like be solved. Literally, yeah. as long as you just talk week. from a place of love, yeah, it's easy. Well, it's easy once oh, you start it. It's yeah, it's hard. I mean, you have to kind of like navigate it with wisdom, but like talking is super important. Yeah, let me say this. Let me say this. It's so like easy and hard are two different things, right? But then simple and complex, like, it's not a 50-step process. You just go and talk to this person. So it's not complex. It's simple, but it is hard. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's a one-step process. So kind of talking about small church stuff, is there, like, like what are the pros and cons, in y'all's opinion, of having a church that's like a house church style? There is, like, 15, 20 people, and it is just discipleship focused 100%. I want to be honest, I've never really been to a small church. So <laughs> I don't have that much, like, experience. I know you guys probably have more than I do. So. Yeah, well, I went to a small church that probably ran between 100 and 200 members for uh, a number of years. And I was a teenager, yeah, new teenager, I think. I was like, I think I just said 12 or 13 or maybe 14. I don't remember when I dipped, to be honest. Well, not dipped, but <laughs> for lack of a better word. I'd See you later. I, I switched churches. But in my mind, it's always, whenever I think of churches, and this is just my thought process, the default, like, church model is a small church. Mm-hmm. And mega church is like, whoa, how can we stay biblical being this big? Yeah, it's definitely harder with the big church, like like I've said, beating dead horse at this point, discipleship is the key, in my opinion, because that's like the church's goal is to build up people and send them out, you know. And so, without discipleship, you can't do that. I know? think one of the main avenues of discipleship is accountability, and accountability in a big church, unless you seek it, it's is hard. very difficult. Like whenever I went to that small church for a, a number of years, 
Like we miss a Sunday and three or four people are calling our home phone because yeah. we still we still use the home phone. And they're like, "Hey, are you guys okay?" And it was like, "Dang, like they know we're not there, dude." Yeah, that's yeah. like super cool. I don't like it. I that's like a definitely a big downside to larger churches is like that. Like it's harder to make friends almost, and it's like you have to seek it out. Well, you know? and even um, above friends, for me, I have. So many friends here. I was gonna say it's harder to make friends in a bigger church. More, no, like intentional. Like, oh, you're you're a regular Sunday attender. You come in, you walk out. You don't go to anything else. You walk you're in, saying you walk it's out. It's easier to dis to be invisible. Yeah, I guess it's, it's easier. It's, it's easier to not make friends than to make friends. Yeah, because like in a small church, like I, like a small like you're saying like. I'm talking really small, like you're like a hundred. You at least have to like talk to people, or like you. you ha- they're just gonna think you're weird. Well, you know? yeah, well, and if you go to this 100, 200 person church, multiple people are gonna be like, "Hey, I haven't seen you here because I know everyone who goes yeah. here." It's just the community, yeah. like so that church we went to in St. Louis. Even though yeah. there was some pastoral issues there, the community was awesome. Yeah. You also, know? just context. So we went on. Me, Corey went on a mission trip. Seth, you weren't there, right? Nope. So we went on a mission trip to St. Louis. Was it two, three years ago? I don't know. And so we went to this church. It was a super small church plant. Just started, um, like, 100 maybe, if even that. And, like, everybody knew each other. And it was a super, like, intimate. Like, it was really, really cool. Yeah. But there was definitely some issues, like, with a pa- the pastor. They got a new one now. Theology, too. And the guy that is their new pastor is really cool. Oh, really? Have it's, you met him? It's Jason Mertz, their worship pastor. Bro, I don't... So I talked... <laughs> okay, I talked to him a lot when we were down there. He's a super cool dude. Let's go. And we're friends on Facebook, so... Oh! But, yeah. Um, Deep ties. Yeah, so it, it's just cool, like, showing how, like, the Lord kind of renewed that church. But, um, yeah, I don't know, like, it, I think that's as a big plus, which is why discipleship and small groups are needed because it's so hard to be unseen. But when you're in a small church, it's harder to be unseen than it is like, I don't know, because you're in such a small setting and you know, everybody also, or sorry, you, you, you go I ahead. Um, that reminded me of something that I heard B Tom say, Oh, B Tom. and he said that, uh, the size of the church doesn't determine the health of the church. Oh yeah, and what does? Well, because that. Well, I'm just saying that's an example of a small church being unhealthy, right? Because yeah. you were saying theological issues, pastoral issues. Yes. Oh yeah, and I. I mean, there. I think there can be examples of a big church being healthy, but it definitely gets to a point where it's like harder. Yeah. Oh yeah. But also, but here's okay. Just what's what determines health of a church? I don't know. Because if it's like not it, numbers, then what is it? It just goes back to are you Bible believing church and discipleship? Because that church didn't they didn't preach from the word. Like, dude did not open the Bible one time. We're all sitting there like acting like opening the Bible. Like oh, you gotta open it. Funny. Are you ready? Yeah. Didn't mean, like he taught from a topic that and didn't reference scripture at all. Nope. Like, he just talked for 30 minutes. Yeah. Also, he preached in sweatpants, which is kind of odd, but I thought yeah, it was funny. Yeah, was kind of goofy. But he didn't. Jeans are much better. He didn't. That's right. <laughs> he didn't open scripture. Like, that is a key. Like, you, you have to he, preach the Bible. Also, you can have the argument of 
expository versus topical? Like, is we there? We talked about that. Did we? Did, I don't know. A little bit. When? Last episode, right? We did. No. Kind of church I, and the culture. Ex- we touched on. Well, we did. We did talk about a little bit, Preaching, but we didn't like, like dig. But I don't yeah, know. I yeah. Know. So like, is there a better way to do it? Because I feel like a lot of big churches now are topical. Like the church I went to in yeah. Cleveland was topical because it's more appealing. I was gonna say you're catering to your people, and so not the Bible. A church, a lot of smaller churches, where it's it's almost a, like a house church is almost a Bible study just led by a person. Yeah, I and mean, so like, well, sorry, keep going. I don't know. Like here, it's expository, which is super good because like it's hard to understand scripture that's context. And how can you be a Bible-believing church if you don't truly understand the scripture and aren't preaching yeah. the scripture, you know? I am very passionate about the topic of how do you determine the health of a church, which is why I kept pressing. Sorry. Well, no, 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 no. Not, not... I mean, I was trying to answer it, like, with the... No, 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 I'm not saying... What I'm saying is, like, you were saying... Oh, gosh. I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am saying is... In response to you, I would argue that just because you're Bible-believing doesn't mean your church is necessarily healthy. That's bare minimum. Like, I think if your church doesn't believe the Bible, you're not a real church. Yeah. I think the health of your church is determined by the health of your congregation, mm, the health of your people. My thing with that was discipleship. Yeah. And I think... With big churches, it's extremely hard to do that because you have to raise up enough leaders yeah. to lead those that are that need to be fed. You know that that are, um, I guess, as Paul would say, like are still feeding on the milk. They're still baby Christians. Yeah, you got to get the people who are grown ups and are eating real meat, eating real eating potatoes and veggies and all the things to help and so i think i don't know i think mega church is really hard to do coming from somebody who's part of one yeah but i mean right the the reality of a mega church is not everyone's going to be sold out yeah and if in a church that runs 100 to 200 people if two let's just say five percent of people are like not sold out in that church how many is that like what five percent of a hundred to five people 5% of 2,000, which, by the way, is the definition of what makes a mega church is 2,000 members. 5% of 2,000 is like 100 people not sold out, which is – and 5% is like, man, your church must be rocking. Because I'm talking sold out like you show up Sunday, show up Wednesday. Yeah, you're involved. Yeah, you're volunteering in certain positions or maybe even just one. I mean, like, heck, that's beautiful. Um. So I think, I don't know, I think it's really hard. And then also the Bible touches on plurality of leadership mm-hmm. and how it's a healthy thing. And yeah. so in a small church, like a 100 to 200 person church, if you have three, four pastors, well, golly, I mean, you got, let's say you have four people, four pastors in a 200 person church. That's uh, 50 people to one pastor. Let's say in a mega church of, uh, I don't know, 4,000 people, you have... You have what, eight? Yeah, eight. So you're running 500 people to one pastor. 
And not to say that pastors are the only Christians in the church. Yeah. No. You know what? You know what kind of helps that? Hmm. Discipleship, baby. Discipleship. I mean, Deacons. I agree, but how do you do it then? You can't just keep saying let's do it and not have aren't, a plan. Aren't deacons like a thing too? Yeah. Deacons are a thing. I think. I don't really n- listen. I'm I'm not the biggest Theo bro here, so I don't really know about too much about the whole like positions and churches and stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, I know my basics, but. So we don't do read lay elders here, Paul's but there are elders, which are then synonymous for pastors, lay elders, which are not paid pastors, which you won't find that word specifically in the Bible, but there's those, and then there's deacons, which are like... Helpy guys? Kind of. They're basically just the next step down of like, yeah, you are still working a normal job and just being a bro, but you also are a like solid member who yeah, does a lot like you you yeah. are not the cornerstone but you're a solid foundation piece of the church yeah and kind of answer your question i feel like a specific ministry such as women's men's students is where like discipleship really comes in to play and so like you have uh say you're a youth pastor like you know youth pastor really well it's like hey uh, I got a guy. Let's let like let's get you in a discipleship group, you know. And so I feel like I don't know, like it can be broken down, you know. Yeah, because I feel like a def like as far as discipleship groups should be, almost. I don't know, not that it's wrong to be in like, say like me and my old, older brothers in one, you know, like he's significantly older than me. Like I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Are you talking about like small groups or like discipleship groups? Is like, that like one on one? Like like. Two, like two, three people, one leader, you know. Okay, I just didn't know, so. And so, I don't know, I think that's just, like, such an important thing, like, as far as church health and congregation health and discipleship, because having accountability, somebody to be like, hey, have you been in the Word this week? Like, and texting you all the time is super beneficial, because, like, we as, like, humans don't like disappointing people, and so, like, not that you should read the Bible to make somebody happy, you know, but, like, no. It's easier to be consistent and make that habit when you have accountability. Yeah, and so I feel like in a big church, it's definitely harder, but there are way there are avenues to like promote. Like it. you can you can have those opportunities to have like, like smaller and smaller, more tight knit sections, like you were saying, like discipleship groups and then small groups and student ministry and you know like just like Sunday church. Yeah, but. Uh, I I guess it's like up to the individual to like choose to yeah. actually go to well, those yeah. things and be plugged in. That's just the biggest thing. Which should it be depends on the. It's all like, it's on the, the com- like the people in the congregation though, like how much they want to invest. You know. Yeah. Like how do you how control that? Well, you know? I think that's in. part of the problem that mega churches have, is to be invested in a small church. If you go on Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday you're in a two hundred person group meeting. Wednesday, you're probably in a five to six person or family group meeting. You know, like it's a already a really small group where in a mega church, I mean, I know here it's like you got to break it down. Okay, I go to Sunday. Then after Sunday, I go to college. And then college, you meet with some guys outside. Then you have a D group that you go to. So, like, it's like the Nutcracker where you – is it the, not the Nutcracker? The, the Russian, Russian nesting dolls. Yeah, Russian yeah. nesting dolls, where in a small church you already start small, so whenever you open it you're at the smallest, which is the most intimate level of discipleship. 
we're here to really be invested in discipleship, it's like, okay, first I got to go to Sunday, then I got to meet people because Sunday you don't really meet anybody unless you intentionally stay after service, which is really only from what I've seen employees, which I think is a culture thing. But then after that, you got to go to your, you know, Wednesday night or Monday night or whatever. Then you can finally get to like this intimate three to five person group after you go to all that. And I think that sell to, to us as college guys is like, uh, I probably got enough time to swing that to somebody who has kids and a family and they're working, they're trying to keep a roof above their kids' heads. I think that's a hard, hard ask. So like the end goal is to get to like the smallest thing possible. Cause that's kind of like uh, what, how it sounded like. I'm just like, for in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think discipleship, I mean, you look at the 12, right? Jesus and the 12 disciples. Well, within the 12, there was the three. And then really within the three, there was Jesus and Peter. And so, you know, that was even broken down in this like 12, three, one, but that was a lot easier to do because it's 12 people where when you make it 4,000 and you go, okay, 4,000 to, uh, let's just say like 300 to 20 to five. Yeah. That's like a five step or four step process. I mean, I don't know. I think one thing that's like beneficial is like, so you have your small groups, right? It's like on here, I know a lot of small groups will meet during either first or second service and you're encouraged obviously to get, so like say you have small group first service and you go to service on second service time, you know? Yeah. And so you have that time cut out. And so you make relationships in small group. And then I feel like discipleship and accountability can also be like just texting throughout the week. Hey, how was your time with the word? You know, and like yeah. encouraging each other. So I feel like that's kind of how it can, can be combated when you're in a larger church, but also um, you are super busy in life is you have that home base, obviously, which is your service. And then you have your small group, which is 10, 12 people. And then all intentional, like diving into the word. And then you have maybe a few people in that group that you're like really close to that you're like every, like every day almost like talking about like scripture and like if you're reading. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just know I've seen others have challenges with it. I've had challenges with it, especially with time management of like, and also when it comes to all that volunteering at a bigger church, you're going to have more programs. Yeah. And so your volunteers have, I feel like more chance to get burnout because I mean, out of a 4,000 person church, how many people are volunteering? I don't know the the number, but here we definitely have a lot. I would argue we don't. You don't think so? No. I mean, small group leaders like it. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Let me speak from a, uh, I work with kids ministry. I'm in college and I went through students. So in terms of like senior adult and like, middle-aged adult i know a little bit about young adults but i don't really know the aspect of like the older groups yeah but like i look at gsm the only people which is great student ministry the only people going back to gsm are the people who just left it through gsm yeah yeah the only the only leaders of gsm are people who've been through gsm is that a bad thing i think it's a good thing i I would argue it's not i just think that like that has to do with literally the age of our congregation honestly I think, right? Well, so you think it's not that? a good thing? I you think came Titus back. 2 commands that older men and older women should disciple younger men and younger women. And I think 
don't get me wrong. I would love to lead a small group. It'd be an absolute privilege to start with some sixth graders and go through life with them. But I'm only 20. But if a 40-year-old man who's seen twice as much life as I have, let alone how much life I remember, because, you know, I don't, I don't know when I came to consciousness, but sure, if he came back and poured into some sixth graders as a man, and I think I'm entering manhood, obviously. I think I'm, you know, a man. But as a grown man who's seen some life, I think that's way more powerful than just me, a 20-year-old who just got out of it, pouring right back in. I don't know. For me, like, I – as when you're younger – like now at our age, yeah, like we would think it's cool to have like an older guy. But when you're younger, you relate more to the younger audience, in my opinion. So like with I me, yeah. like with the guy who's our small group leader was like, I don't know. See, when you're in sixth grade, how old are you? Like 12? Uh, 13, I think. And so you're like that yeah, old and yeah, then you're 12, having 13. a 20-year-old. There's still like a seven-year age difference there, you know. I don't yeah. know. And because, like, you're helping them with, like, life that you've, you've experienced, like, that part of life that they're in. And so it's like, I don't know. I also, mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying all these GSM leaders who are not older than 40 should quit because there would be maybe two leaders left. Yeah. Older than 40. You said older than Or younger, 40. younger. Sorry, younger yeah, than no. 40. You said, well, earlier you said, like, people who are, like, 44. Well, well it's like, yeah, okay, like kind of like that middle age like you have a family and you know you have you got life wisdom that's great but like people in our church that are like pushing 60 70 it's a lot of our church members i, I agree think. but i think if you have 60 years of life under your belt you've got something i mean you've learned something i would hope yeah i think it's super cool i don't know I just think it's important for not to be too big of an age gap because as a sixth grader, I probably wouldn't have cared if a six-year-old man came and talked because I wouldn't relate it to him at all. And I feel like they wouldn't – well, there's certain things you can. Me, but I feel like there's certain things that you wouldn't be able to relate yeah, to. But now as I'm, I'm maturing gap. and I'm almost 20, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. But like when I was 13 – Sure, yeah, you're, you're just a kid. You I just want to have fun. You yeah. know? I, and I see that too. I don't know. I just think our – our church specifically is very age segregated and I think it's just been a long time thing and, and so now that it's in place it's hard to break it down. And I don't I don't know if we're trying to or not. I, I don't I don't know. But what I'm saying is um I just think that there's wisdom to be had from ha- talking and interacting with people older than you. I agree. I mean I, I don't think you're wrong. Like hundred percent. I like I think there's obviously truth, and I think so. Like with so many like things like this, there's never going to be like a right or wrong answer necessarily. Like besides like the basics of do you preach the Bible, like do you implement discipleship, like yeah, do you like actually love Jesus and like your pastor isn't doing it for power and fame and glory. Yeah, well, and I think also preaching the Bible on a Sunday. And living it out. Yeah, living it out. And I'm not like, this isn't targeted at anybody. I'm just saying in general, like as as any church, big, small. That's why I think Bible believing, because like if you believe it and you're preaching it, that's different than saying you're just going to preach the word. You know? Yeah, and all of it too. Not just the parts that are mushy-gushy and good. Yeah. 
Like that's one thing I think as far as here that's done well. It's like when we go through a book, every verse is covered. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Because there's obviously a benefit in all scripture, even though like Yeah. If we're like we're reading or like what in the world do I need to know that the like I'm in Exodus right now. I just finished it actually because I'm doing a year plan. Yeah. Like well, why do I need to know that we walked through Habakkuk in yeah. GSM. And like who's gas. gonna do that? It was and it was so awesome. good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean that's just the importance, I think, with a there's no right or wrong answer. Like if you're in a big church you're being poured into you're pouring into others like you leave the bible and like you're seeking the lord out and you're like generally like walking with him awesome if you're in a smaller church you're doing the same thing awesome i like i don't think our mindset with this was let's see which one's better and yeah. everybody in the small church leave or in a big church leave i don't know I like these topics are just good to talk about because it kind of helps you like reset your motives you know and, like think it's about self check it, it kind of like helps me think why I'm here in a bigger church, you know, because we're all yeah. in a big church. And right, so, like, not, yeah. thinking about, like, things that we do well, but also, like, we can get better at and looking at small church models and be like, what can we implement in, like, a bigger church, you know? Yeah. And I think it's super beneficial. But y'all anything else? I got plenty, but I'll hold it all off. Come on. Well, I mean, I just... I think you were saying earlier you said i think it's just one of those things talking about older people younger people i think it's just one of those things there's no right or wrong but i think titus 2 literally says older people disciple younger people how much older though now that's the other thing yeah i I was going to get into that too with plurality of leadership like what is plurality two three you know so that that is another thing is like when it's yeah. talking I mean, about there's these a things. Seven year age difference like in my people with more experience and more like spiritual wisdom as well as like like I'm age not I'm not saying you're 13 and there's an 18 year old that literally got saved two days ago. Let's lead because you're older. I think obviously there's it's that a spiritual yes yeah, spiritual yeah. maturity, but also older in age because you've gone through more life. That's why I think like like I'd say like I think you're equipped to lead like a sixth grade small group because like Aww. like we're like all like we've all been believers for a little while and like we all like press into yeah. the Lord. And also so, like yeah. when you're in sixth grade you're you know you're not you're gonna be thinking about Calvinism versus Arminianism Theo bro like sure. dude but I know some who actually are and I love them I mean it. I was but the majority You were thinking about Calvinism and Arminianism dude. in sixth grade? I have to show you I some wasn't. stuff I typed up. I was thinking about Minecraft in sixth grade. No I had no friends. That's all I cared about was the Bible when I was in sixth grade. Good. You should just go back to that. Okay, bye. <laughs> Time travel. All right, guys, that's it. Um. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I done. Just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I would to be a sixth grader again, man. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot wild. to be said about all this stuff. It's just wild. Because, I mean, we didn't even touch lay eldership. Some people think that's the only way. What'd you say? Yeah. I lay elders. I literally didn't know what that was until today. I also did not. Yes. I'm s- yeah, neither. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're a bunch of heathens over here, no, I guess. No, 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 no. Not to say, listen, I don't even know if it's the move. What I will say is <laughs> we all know the Reformed friend I'm referring to. Yes. <laughs> there is one very Reformed person. <laughs> you say the word Reformed, person. and I know who you're no, talking about. Talking to immediately. Yeah. 
he has been trying to sell me on lay elders for the past like probably year now. What is it? What is it? Lay elders are unpaid pastors, basically. They aren't paid. They just are regular bros, but they are ordained as elders. And they basically what you would do in a lay eldership model is your elders would out or so everyone's an elder. So pastors are called elders. And in the Bible, the word pastor is not mentioned. It's just elder. Sure. So elder and pastor are synonymous. Lay elder is an elder who's not paid. Sure. And in a lay eldership church model, in terms of church government, your lay elders would outvote your paid pastors. It's I just don't know how that's it's like so it's realistic. It's like a, so it's kind of like many a, churches do it. But the I one the one you were talking about about church planning, they do it. So it's kind of like a congregational representation, like yes. election process yes, type it is. thing. Okay, you're not like saying like House of Congress. Like this is their full time job. And they're not getting a dime. House of representatives. No, that's, that's no, no, my. No, no. Okay, it's not okay, their full time okay. job. What it is is the el- the lay elders in terms of voting church government and also in terms of usually they're in charge of finances. Okay, I'm saying like you're just not saying their main leadership, like their main senior pastor is a lay elder. Are you saying usually your teacher? Usually your main teaching pastor. Is a paid staff member. Okay, that's that's okay. I'm but he would be labeled your your teaching pastor, not your senior pastor. And then you would have like, so let's say you had three full time staff pastors, then or elders would be what they were called in the elder led model. And then you would have like eight to nine, like three x. Let's just say nine. You would three x the voting power. You would have nine lay elders, and they would be in charge of all the tithing money. And they would also be able to outvote on any church affairs. So, like, if you wanted to build a new building and you the church went to take a vote on it, before you took it in front of the congregation, right, like, your your elders are going to vote on yeah. it. How, they did, would, how are the lay elders decided then? Um, the congregation votes. Uh, okay. Now, okay. now they, they are, like, brought up. Like, names are brought up, like, initially. So, it's literally, like, a House of Representatives Congress. Pretty thing. much. Huh. Like I know, like a lot of older churches, like Southern Baptist, like old, you're thinking like 50 people, like their pastor like had a full-time job and also preached, but they didn't go to well, that's college. More of, um, that's more like a bivocational thing. Like, so I know the church my mom grew up in, their pastor had a full-time job, didn't go to college, but like would preach the word on Sundays, you know? But, what, but did they have any paid staff members? Because if not, then he was probably just bi- bivocational. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I mean, fair. But Old Southern Baptist Church is a small church with pews in the hymnal, you know. So I doubt it. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that's a whole other topic of like, but that's more church government rather than mega church versus small church. So it could be another topic for another day. Well, I well, never mind. I, I would love to bring in our reformed friend I'm referring to for that episode if we did it. Church government models, because yes. he would he would go ham. Get this guy on the podcast. Worship seminary exists. That'd be a good one for him. Yeah, I already talked to him about it though, and he was like, "No, I'm not doing that." And not doing what? I didn't hear you. The question: Should seminary exist? Oh well, he's said, just biased. Well, no, 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 no. He goes, obviously not. What? Because it shouldn't. Seminary shouldn't exist, but it does because mm. we're sinful. And you're basically just 
it's another topic bro, for another day. But I don't Calvinism, know. the right, the technically right answer in a perfect world is no, seminary shouldn't exist. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we're just a bunch of college guys that that try to share our wisdom that we've grown in our all of our twenty years, all of, of our twenty years Fortnite of playing Fortnite Minecraft and playing music oh, and just insane. living on yeah, this earth. Basically. But thank y'all for listening. Um, as always, welcome to the internal office. <laughs>